Make You Happen podcast with Sanjay Desai. A podcast that will empower you in achieving everyday success. Hello everyone. Thank you very much for being here with me today. I am Sanjay Desai, an author, serial tech entrepreneur and an ex-banker. Since we all have very distinctive paths to chart in pursuing our goals, I intend to take everyone on a journey of making you happen in your own unique way. It felt like the time had stopped. Only the river below gushed. In front of me, there was a majestic Kedar Ridge with its snow-capped dome and peak, ethereal, divine, inviting, like a portal to heaven. To our right, there were the Meru and Sumeru peaks, dazzling and golden light. And to the left, there was River Mandakini, starkly descending with a roar from the Chirbara Glacier. This panorama, the mystical aura, surrounded the whole valley. As if this magic was not enough, something more mystical happened that is still vivid in my mind even after three decades. As Aarti, my wife and I were hiking through a dangerous, narrow and obscure path that led up to the Chirbara Lake, a couple of hundred feet over us, a dignified elderly woman in saffron suddenly appeared from a cave and made an offering to Surya the sun. We were transfixed. This was a scene one could only imagine in mythical stories. But here it was happening right in front of our eyes. It was unbelievable. Aarti and I looked at each other and without speaking, we decided to climb up on the side of the mountain. We made out a makeshift path of natural stones, taking you over precarious ledges and leading to the cave. As Indian cultural tradition allows access to spiritual recluses, we made our way up, even if it was purely out of curiosity. Ma Krishnanangiri heard us approaching. She turned around and shouted in Hindi, I paused, but Aarti would not halt her climb. I shouted back. As we got on to the ledge of the cave, strong vibrations embraced us. We had climbed into an ethereal, sublime space. Such was the sheer intensity that Aarti broke down, weeping inconsolably. Ma Krishnangiri was moved she came up to us consoling Aarti and thus we ended spending a couple of hours with her. What I just narrated was my encounter with a sannyasini in a Himalayan cave over 12,000 feet above sea level, inaccessible for most humans and even for vegetation. Aarti and I had gone to Gaumuk on a trek Gaumuk is the source of River Ganga, and I think this was in 1992. 
We took an unplanned diversion and landed in Kedarnath and ended up meeting with Ma Krishnamai. This was my first encounter with spirituality, but it ended up changing me for good. Let me put this in the context of my background. I had a very normal middle class upbringing. Dad in PSU, convent education like so many of us who were born in the 60s. All I wanted was to break out of the middle class tag, so I studied hard, pursued CA like everyone in my class, and also landed up in IIM Bangalore. Out of IIM, I landed a job at Citibank, one of the most coveted jobs in the late 80s. But I believe that fate had planned something more. I got interested in spiritual philosophy out of a course at IIM that was called the Art of Japanese Management. This course got us deep into Zen because Zen is steeped into Japanese management. From there, I got interested in Jay Krishnamurti and then on to Osho and Ramana Maharshi. Now, all these spiritual teachers had one central message in common. You are the master of your own path. They did not advocate following any religion or guru. They said the guru is within you. I think this really appealed to my rational, rebellious nature. They emphasized practicing introspection and self-awareness much more than following someone. This gave me a modern spiritual basis that went well together with my independent mindset. With Aarti, my life partner, also being an avid Krishnamurti reader, it became possible for me to pursue my ambitious material existence and balance it with self-practice spirituality without relationship pressures. Now, with this kind of a backdrop, Ma Krishnamayi came across to me as a living embodiment of practiced spirituality. Even though I had met a recluse in appearance, she was nothing like the typecast perceptions I carried. For me, a sannyasi was perhaps an escapist, distant, strict with a superior air, preachy and advising you about how to live your life. But Ma was mysterious and reclusive and also very well versed in worldly matters. She knew how to deal with local shepherds as well as professionals like me. She managed dignitaries very well and she managed priests in their own way. And of course, there were lots of reclusing sannyasis that came to see her. This transparent, earthy and matter of manner sannyasini had a charisma that made inroads into one's consciousness. She could discuss career and calling in the same breath as the essence of reality as described by Ramana Maharshi. She emanated a pure motherly love and took genuine interest in everyone's progress and evolution. No wonder everyone called her Ma. Naturally, I kept in touch with her. Initially, it was through letters. I was amazed with her written English. She surprised me then. I was intrigued and wanted to know more about her. It turned out that she was a national awardee teacher in her pre-sanyas life. 
and 15 years before we met her, she chose to dwell in that Kedarnath cave. I was impressed. Imagine the courage and grit of a young woman to leave behind the world and settle in such a remote, inaccessible place. Her determination to pursue her spiritual purpose seemed unshakable. She was content with whatever universe brought to her to meet her basic living needs. I wondered and could not help questioning the need for that. I even had the cheek to tell her that I thought that true sannyas is proven when you are in the middle of all society and yet you are unaffected by it. She laughed. She said she came away to test her faith. She had introduced Aarti and me to small idols of Krishna and his sister Subhadra that she looked after with utmost love and devotion when we had met her. In the tradition of surrendering as per Bhakti Mark, she would partake in anything, even water, only once it was offered to her Krishna, whom she called Gopal. If God is everywhere, she was sure Gopal would take care of her. Would Gopal provide for her if she lives in a remote corner of the world? She decided to test that. So to test her faith, or Shraddha as we call it, she left the society behind. She also added that if she had taken up a position in a Guru Anand Mahima's ashram, she would just be performing a role in exchange for her material necessities, much like I was performing a role in my organization. That put me in complete awe. She chose to put her life at risk just to test out her life questions. Here I was, a privileged city banker and I am grad, focused on making life a successful one, thinking that that would get me independence and freedom. And here there was Mahakrishnamai, a stark contrast. She risked it all to achieve her freedom and independence in a remote Himalayan cave, living a life of love and service. She represented what we all finally want. She made her own path and created a world of her choice without even any apparent bondages. She never pontificated or insisted on any practices. When I visited her several times over the next 15 years, I was treated like a son by her. I can't forget the love that we would receive. She would cook delicious, simple meals for us in that humble cave. I don't remember having any meal that tasty anywhere else in my life. But unknown to me, I never realized how my life would become guided by her directions and pointers. Over the next few years, she turned me, a city-bred rational intellectual thinker, into a believer, crossing over and living a life of belief about the power within us. Some years later, I even asked Ma if she was my guru. But she said, no, you have to be your own guru, Sanjay. I recall that Ramana Maharshi would frequently be asked about how does one find a guru? What are the qualities one looks for? His answer would always hover around guru being in multiple forms. Guru doesn't have to be an official guru, he would say. 
In any case, you can't look for a guru. When you're ready, guru appears. I could not help but make a connection with that as regards my encounter with Ma Krishnamayi. Over the next two episodes, I would like to share with you how a guidance influenced my material journey through my Citibank career and my subsequent entrepreneurial journey, as well as how I ended up setting up my current platform, Conscious Sleep. Looking forward to see you next time. Bye. Make You Happen Podcast with Sanjay Desai. A podcast that will empower you in achieving everyday success.